welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Painted with Torlando. This episode is sponsored by Angie Leeds, Breakthrough Academy, Company Cam, Viva HR, and Nice Job. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando, and I am your host for the day. Uh, you know, this show is kind of cool. You know, there's a lot of you, you go to the channel and you see a lot of different hosts. And uh, you've got uh, the Ask a Painter, you got Brothers of the Brush, you got Marketing Mastermind, Elite Advisors, content every single day. And I am so grateful to be one of those hosts to bring you guests from. Uh, within the industry, outside of the industry, um, and and this is really a podcast focused on your business. Okay, we talk about the business, and the reason that I love talking about the business is because it is so vital to your entire well-being. Uh, and and the guest that I have on today, he he kind of just kind of triggered that thought in my mind that that uh, your your personal life impacts your professional life and your professional life impacts your your personal life. And and I've been there, you know, I've been in in situations I've, I've, you know, I've failed in a lot of areas, both personally and professionally, I've succeeded in some areas uh, in, in those in those respective regards. And it is so true that when I'm feeling the most balanced in both my personal life and my business life that I'm happier and I'm kind of a better person to be around. And so I want to help you with your business health and I want you to grow and thrive and be happy. That is really my underlying goal of this show. And so without uh, any, um, uh, you know, this, this, this show is no different than the, the, than the others in the sense that we're going to be diving in to what makes a great business. And I'm so glad to have uh, Eric Crawford on the show from Fine, uh, Fine Touch Painting out of uh, the Columbus uh, metro area in Ohio um, to talk to us today. Uh, before we get into the show, I just want to do a couple of show announcements. If you want to listen to this show on uh, on podcast form. Of course, it's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, all those things. Please subscribe. But it's also available. The video portion is available on PCA Overdrive, where you can get 500 plus hours of video content. Um, It's only $5.99 a month for member or for non-members, and it's free with your membership. PCA Overdrive is kind of like our Netflix, you know, it's like our it's our Disney Plus, you know, kind of style app where you get all this great educational content. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a business expense. So, you know, you, you write it off. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's a great value, guys. And if you want it to if you want that added value of being a member, um, I highly recommend going to PCAPaintEd.org and becoming a member. 
couple member benefits that I think that you guys would really, really uh, enjoy and, and, and love is that we have a job board where you can post your, uh, your, your job advertisements. And, uh, you know, I know that you guys are, are looking for workers. I mean, this time of year, especially, but in this economy, there are, there is just a huge labor shortage. And so you have to constantly be finding painters, finding workers to come in. You're going to have to train people up from scratch. I highly recommend going to jobs.pcapainted.org to list your job and, this 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 job board is it's powered by VVHR and so VVHR if you have not heard about this yet you've not heard about me heard me talk about it yet um, this is a really powerful tool for candidate um, for finding candidates um, I've been using it in 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 my company um, and for other companies that I've been consulting and we are finding some really great people and the reason that it's working so well is because it goes out to 60 plus job boards that are that are out there like indeed monster ZipRecruiter, all of those and it uh it posts to them all organically so it doesn't actually cost you anything i know some people they're they're accustomed to paying like thousands of dollars to indeed on a monthly basis you just pay the monthly fee for for the service and it posts to all those job boards organically and uh, and those candidates are coming in. I mean, I, my inbox is full of candidates. I probably have I probably have like 30 or 40 conversations going on with with people. And the, and these are the viable ones. I'm, I'm sifting through the ones that I'm like, oh, never in a million years. <laughs> so I highly recommend Viva HR to to uh, for your for your recruiting. Um, OK. So let's let's talk a little bit about today's today's show. Um, in in the episodes over the past few weeks, I've been you know we've been talking a lot about hiring. We've been talking about onboarding. We've been talking about you know I brought on uh, uh, Steve with uh, CBiz to talk about PCA medical benefits. Um, we're talking about that attraction part, but what about the keeping? What about the building? And then ultimately, what about you? What are you in this for? Are you in this business to uh, to go on vacation seven months out of the year? You know, you you work uh, 24 7, 24 hours a week, seven months out of the year. Is that is that what you're trying to do? Um, or are you really trying to build a career and a life that you love that has impact? OK, not saying that vacation doesn't have impact on your life. Certainly need vacation. But. Is that all you're here for? Because I can tell you that when you spend too much time out of your business, if you think of it, if you're trying to treat it purely as this passive thing, you know, the beach is nice, but after a while, you get tired of the sand being in every, you know, every crevice of your body. Uh, at some point, you got to look back towards what is the meaning of it all? Why am I doing this? Why do I have this business? Why, what is my purpose for, for living? And Eric and I, before the show, we had a really great conversation about some of these things. And I just thought, man, what a, what a great person to talk to who has done a few things really well by his own admission. He would say that he hasn't done everything well. I don't know if I believe that, but there's so much that he has to bring to the table. So let's go ahead and bring Eric Crawford from Fine Touch Painting to the show. 
Hey, welcome to the show, Eric. Hey, Torlando, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I was I was really, um, you know, just in the short time that we talked before this, uh, you know, before going live here, um, I was I was just kind of inspired by uh, the growth that you've you've led in your company, the consistency, um, the stability. Uh, it just seems like you are the kind of guy that is is really in tune with the needs of your people. And it doesn't seem like you're one of these owners that's just trying to, you know, trying to get run away from their company. Like you, you're really building something here. And, and I, so I first want to say I yeah. admire that, but you know, to those, when you think about those companies that are out there trying to build something, what do you think is the hardest part? Why are they struggling so hard to find and build a great team? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. Well, first of all, um, thanks for having me on. And I just want to say a big, big thanks to PCA, Payne, Ed. Uh, you guys have just done a, a really fantastic job, particularly over the last five or six years. You guys have done a lot of investing, a lot of growth, a lot of um, developing, and it's paying off in the whole paint community. Um, a lot of the things that, that I, I share today, I learned, um, I was taught, um, I gathered from other people. There's, there's some incredible paint companies in the, the United States right now, the cream of the crop is rising and you, you find them at the PCA, the conferences, the gatherings. And so I've benefited, I've been to a number of those over the last couple of years, created some great relationships. Um, and so this, a, lot of, a lot of what I'll, I'll say today is really um, a byproduct or, or really maturing of hearing from what other guys have done. And I've just been able to put it to good use. So thank you. Thank you. Great praise. So I guess, you know, um, as far as um, what a lot of guys maybe struggle with, um, with the business like you and I were talking about, first and foremost, I think the thing that came to my mind was I, I really am not good at many things. Um, I, I really suck at a lot of things. <laughs> but but um, I think when I was in my mid-30s, I really started uh, doing some coaching, getting into some assessments and really coming to recognize that. I don't have to be good at everything. It's okay if there's something I'm not good at. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned Art Snarzik. Uh, I've worked with him a lot, not only with the whole hiring process, but also mm -hmm. the assessments, which is part of his process. And I learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about other people, strengths and weaknesses, how to put them in roles that will more likely they'll succeed than fail. And just right. being, being okay that we're all kind of made different. And that's kind of the fun part of the game, right? Of life, yeah. um, whether that be you know, guys in the workplace or, you know, for those of us who are married with kids, figuring that with our spouses and our kids, um, you know, and as they grow, those things change. So it's, it's a fun part of life, figuring those kind of things out. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's a big thing. I think when I talk to a lot of, you know, small business owners, they really struggle with, they're trying to do it all. Mm. And, and I think there's usually that mark, you know, typically that, that 500,000 to a million dollar mark, it's really hard to get past that million dollar mark if you're doing it all. It just yeah. is. And um, we broke through the million dollar mark after I hired an operations manager to run the whole operations gamut. Mm. So I think that's one of the big things is, is guys just really struggle letting go. Maybe they have yeah. a hard time delegating. Um, Maybe they, they, they're maybe a little bit too controlling that they want to have it all uh, in-house and do it their way. And I found 
honestly, when I got off of out of operations and into other things, every time I give a piece of the puzzle away, piece of the game away, those mm -hmm. guys end up doing it far better than I did. Yeah. Because that's all they're doing where I'm wearing multiple hats. Um, up until recently, I, I was wearing three to five hats at any given time. Right. Um, I just couldn't do all those. I couldn't do three or four different jobs well or with excellence, you know, right. as much right. as someone who can do it. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I find that people, um, you know, in, in some businesses that are very uh, process driven, um, sometimes I feel like those are the, I mean, you have to have processes to, yeah. to an extent, right? I mean, not to an extent, you just have to have processes. But the ones that are almost over, overly process driven, I feel like are the ones that might actually have the hardest time giving up because they're they're micromanaging every step of the way. Yeah. Um, but I think with with you and and just kind of where you're coming from, that there's it seems like your core values are a little bit more of mm -hmm. the director than the than the nuts and bolts. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that you have yeah. solid processes, but it seems like, you know, bringing in a, a, a an operations manager and saying, "Okay, I'm going to let you go with this," but mm -hmm. how do you get them to run with something without being in alignment on those yeah. guiding principles? You know, that's a really good I, I love you. It came brought a couple of things to mind that originally I'm not a detail-oriented guy. I'm not a process. If you if you ask me to sit down and create an, uh, a manual, oh man, I, I'm going to go puke in the toilet. I mean, that's the last <laughs> thing I want to do with my my life. Um, I'm just not made to do processes and orientation and, and that kind of stuff. I'm a people guy. Uh, yeah. I'm a visionary. And so it's interesting though that yeah, early on we had we started uh, developing very strong company cultures through through defined um, value systems. And then we created processes as we got bigger. Um, mm. You know, a lot of times I, I, I would just give guys a sign and say, you figure it out. I'm, this isn't my forte. You guys are doing this um, better than I was doing and let's make it better together. Um, yeah. I think I, I told you earlier that one of the key things that has really helped us was um, uh, implementing uh, Gina Wickman's book, Traction or the EOS system. And that was huge. There's a lot of nuts and bolts to that. Two sure. things that I think, uh, you know, might be worth conversing over today. One is forming a leadership team or a management team, mm -hmm. delegating those different departments or areas of the business to other people eventually. And then yeah. secondly, the, the core values um, really, and that, that takes a lot of work. You can't just sit down in one day and come up with your core values. Trust me. Right. We, we had three and then we had four, and this year we're actually going to introduce a, a fifth value. That's after ten years of of living and breathing the traction model in our business. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah. So let's talk about this this development of of uh, a leadership and a management team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, is there a difference between leadership and management? And and then and then let's kind of talk about how you how you build that. <laughs> Cause, cause I, I hear the words used and sometimes yeah. I'm like, is there a difference? Are they synonyms? What's, you know? Yeah. I don't know that I would be the, the best person to, to say yay or nay. I do know this about myself. I am really bad at management. I'm a much better leader. And what I mean mm. by that is I'm not really great at like sticking to systems and processes and holding people accountable. Um, 
that's just not my, I'm more of a leader, like let's identify the next goals. Let's attack the problems. Let's solve the problems. Where are we heading? Mm -hmm. um, rah, rah, rah. I, I, you know, I tend to have a little bit more energy than the average person. And I know that that is a, that can be a gift when you walk into a room and you serve other people by like, Hey, let's rally together. Right. So I know with myself, I'm, I'm, I'm stronger on that leadership set than I am the manager. Um, mm. And that's why, honestly, a lot of the management processes through developing a leadership team has been very good because I've had to play less manager and more leader. So I do right. think there's a difference, um, yeah. you know, so that accountability yeah. and systems and processes um, would probably, I think, be more managerial. Sure, definitely. So, so how did you go about developing this team and bringing them on? Because, like you said, around around your mid thirties, that you really started to turn a corner when you brought in the leadership and management team. How did you? How over the years has has that evolved? And how do you think about building your team today? Yeah. So for me, um, well, first of all, Gina Wickman in the book kind of divides. There's five really core positions. We only have four out of the five hired, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's the visionary who's kind of looking into the future, the next one, two, 10 years, um, big relationships, you know, networking out in the community, that kind of thing. Then there's your, then there's, there's three other core components of a business, your sale marketing and sales mm -hmm. operations, and then all your dirty details, the admin, HR finances, you know, all that kind of, so mm -hmm. he blocks it off, but over those three, he puts what's called an integrator. So the visionary, mm -hmm. He's not more important, but let's just put him at the top just for you know simplicity's sake. So visionary yeah. integrator and those integrator really helps those three areas of the business grow simultaneously. Uh, I mean, if I sold $10 million worth of jobs today, but I don't have the manpower to do it, it doesn't do you any good, right? Right. So yeah. your, your sales and marketing have to be just as strong as your operational team, plus all your, your back office stuff, right? That keeps it all organized and not falling apart. Right. Um, and so what I did at the beginning was really recognize what am I least strong at? I was, I'm pretty good at sales. I'm okay at marketing, but you know, at that mm -hmm. time, a lot of our was word of mouth and repeat business and all that kind of sure. stuff. And I, I had enough um, math skills and, and organizational keep the admin and finance alive. So for me, it was easiest to hire an operations manager. Plus it required the most manpower, right? Most painting companies, I mean, 75% of your employees are in the operational department. Right, know? right. So to hire someone in that department to oversee the majority of our employees at the time was a far better use of my time than trying to hire a salesperson or an admin person. So right, that's what right, we did. Right. So it was just the two of us. And then uh, about a year or two later, I hired um, an, our integrator or general manager, some might call it, uh -huh. that... Um, really helped out with all the finances um, and all the administrative work, but then make sure that again, we were keeping balance in those three areas. And then just two years ago, I hired a sales manager. So now yeah. I'm at it. I'm actually outside of all three basic, you know, components of the business right now. I'm, I, I, I oversee the marketing, but even then I just hired a marketing coordinator to really manage that. Sure, so yeah. I'm really just serving more as the visionary right now. And a lot of those other day to days, so our integrator is also not only the integrator, but head of admin finance and HR. So got we've got four out of the five positions filled. So That's really awesome. a lot of it is recognizing how you can um, break up a company, um, you know, into not silos, but in categories, delegation. And then I worked a lot with art 
to find out, okay, what kind of person is needed in this particular role? There's a great book called Rocket Fuel. Gino Wickman wrote about that integrator. When I hired an integrator, I read that whole book, worked with mm -hmm. art, spent about three or four months coming up with a job description and a, an assessment profile. And we hired a dynamite guy and he's been with yeah. us for three or four years and just love him. Um, love the work he's doing. And we, we, we really, really gel. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how did you go about, like you said that it's taking you a, a, a you know, a very long time to build these core values. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, what is, what is your process for identifying those strengths that you need in your company? Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of them, you know, if, if you read, you know, Gino Wickman's book, there's, there's certain core values that just have to be like honesty or integrity or what it's like, well, sure. if you're not those things, you shouldn't be in business anyway. So I think he calls them like just baseline. Everybody needs to have those. Don't make those your values. I mean, I've seen some paint companies that have right. integrity. It's like, well, if you weren't a person of integrity, no one would probably hire you anyway. If you're a liar and a cheat and, you know, right. don't, don't hold up to your word, those kind of things. So, and then he talks about aspirational values, values that you want to be, but you're not really yet. So he says the real key is finding who you really are, right, as a company. So, yeah, we actually went through some processes to, to kind of bring those out, boil them down, um, combine the different things. And it was really, I mean, one, one, you know, way of really looking at too is looking at some of your reviews. We, do, mm -hmm. we used to do a lot of paper reviews before Google was really a strong and um, or Better Business Bureau or Angie's List yeah. or whatever. And we went through a lot of our reviews and asked, what are our clients saying about us? And that kind of helped affirm some of those things. Um, yeah. Oh, so, that's so smart. We, I, yeah, that's that's so smart. I've uh, you know, there there are a couple of uh, marketing um, consulting jobs that I've done where, you know, we're trying to create um, just a basic message and come up with uh, a value proposition. And the the owner has an idea of what they think that their values are. And I say, well, let's just actually go to your reviews real quick and let's list out what everybody yeah. is saying, categorize it and part, put tally marks next to the things that are, are in common. Yeah. And you will find the top three things that people identify about you. And, and that rings true. I mean, it, it always yeah. rings true. Like, Oh, that is, that is what we're about. I, I love yeah. that. I love that strategy. Yeah. 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 So we just kind of developed it throughout the years and then we really uh, use our, our values to then create a culture. And that's probably the key feature that a lot of people just stop at the core values. They have it on a piece of paper. It doesn't mean anything. Um, yeah. You create, a, you create a, a strong defined culture when you have your values and you talk. So every team meeting, we have a whole company team meeting, everybody um, once a month. Um, and we highlight one of our four, uh, soon to be five, but right now four mm -hmm. company values and we define it. We talk about it. Um, Every department meeting, they talk about our company values. Um, we're actually working with an interior decorator, not interior decorator, but a designer to do mm -hmm. some graphics so we can put them up on, you know, in our office for people oh, to see yeah. they're walking through, make it even more visual. I think one of the, the, the cool things, and I, I don't think it was my idea, but um, someone said, if, if you never reward people based on your values and they're really not values. So we have a, we have a pretty big Christmas party each year. And yeah. Uh, we actually pick through the company, we, we do a, you know, a survey or, or whatever, and the company picks the person who demonstrated that company value that year. Mm. And so we do a reward. 
you know, our management team, each one of us gives a little speech. We collect that, those input from other, other employees that they, that they selected and they give input. And then we give actually a pretty decent financial reward to it too. And yeah. say, Hey, this is, it's worth honoring and worth rewarding because that really defines our company values. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so talking a little bit more about culture here, um, how do you, how do you find people that are going to actually fit that culture? Yeah. I mean, hiring is a big thing, right? And um, you can hire, we've had some really good painters that didn't put our culture and we, mm-hmm. we had to let them go or we didn't hire them because we just sensed it. So if you don't have your, your, your company values defined and what does it look like and on, on a daily basis, rubber meets the road, then mm-hmm. you, you're, you're going to hire people that just don't fit. And everyone's been there, right? This employee does good work, but they just, they're a little awkward to interact with or they're a drain, you know, or whatever. Um, now, we all have our moments when we, we are that way sure. ourselves, but a person that is continuing. But you've also worked with somebody that when you're with them, the energy level goes up. Right. You know, those around yeah. them goes up. There's a synergy there, right? And the only way I know how to do it is through the company values, right? Um, defining who, who that is. So, you know, we, we actually have, when we, especially when we bring on a painter, we have a two-week evaluation. They're actually evaluated every week for the first two weeks. And um, we put them out on different projects with different foremen. So they'll spend mm-hmm. two or three days with one foreman too, because we don't want just one foreman giving a rating, but we actually have a, a new painter evaluation. And it's, it's uh, about half of it is based just on our company values. The other mm-hmm. half is then on their performance and, and other factors. But yeah, we're looking for people right off the bat that fit into our company culture. Because yeah, if they that... don't, then it's, it's, it's not going to be a good fit for them either. I mean, they can be yeah. a great painter, but it's like, well, another paint company may just, because we all run our businesses different, you know? Right, um, right, right. I remember going to one, um, um, one event uh, a couple years ago, and I was just sharing a little bit about this, uh, about our company. And this guy who owned it, he goes, oh, man, I could never work for you. I'm like, that's great, right? Because you're going to be able to hire people that would never come work for our company, right? Right. Um, we, we say we're like the Chick-fil-A of the painting industry. We really are. That's what we're, when we, you know, we, we do Chick-fil-A for a lot of our, our company outings uh, for sure. catering um, because I love the feel when you go into a Chick-fil-A, right? Other yeah. people would rather work for a Taco Bell. Well, that's great. Right. I mean, they're still a food sure. company, but, you know, so there's certainly a, a well-defined culture in our company and every company has it. Maybe they haven't recognized it or right. maybe it's a little chaotic. So, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is helping me to, to, to put culture in, to bring the idea of team culture in, into clarity. Um, cause, cause it is a little, um, you know, it is a little ambiguous when people mm-hmm. talk about culture. Uh, but what it sounds like and when I, and when I think about like just the definition of culture, um, you know, a, a culture is really a group of people that exhibits a certain, um, you know, a certain number of identity traits, personal, like exactly. collective personal identity traits. And we go into a, a, a group, you know, just like think back to, uh, you know, your college days and, you know, <laughs> in, in college or, you know, or high school, you know, there, there are a lot of successful folks that didn't go to college here, but, yeah. uh, you know, high school, college, 
um, you've got the different groups, you got the different clicks, you yeah. got the, you know, the, 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 well, if you're caught in my, I'm in a college town, that's why I think about it. But, you know, there are people who liked to listen to music and they went to, you know, concerts on the weekend and they went to art shows and they did that kind of stuff. And then there are the fraternity folks that go to those kind of parties. Yeah. That was not my scene. It's probably obvious just by looking at me, but <laughs> you had these different groups. And I, and I remember this time where uh, I was downtown. I, I, I was one of the guys going to the, the music shows. Uh, I was downtown, had just come out of a show and I looked up, me and my friend looked up and there was this massive party happening at this like kind of penthouse suite. And we were like, I wonder what it's like up there. And we decided to go and just try to get in. And we we infiltrated. We waited for somebody who had the little code and we just kind of snuck in. We went in and uh, and we were walking around. We we're like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. I've never been to a party like this. This is wild. And within about five seconds, somebody came up to me and said, who are you here with? Like he, he just yeah. he knew instantly I was a fish out of water and I go, oh i'm here with dylan and i'll go get him and then i went and found dylan i was like we got to get out we've been found out they know that we don't belong here we got to get out and so <laughs> so the people that were there that were about that culture they knew that they were in the right place and they also yep. knew that we were not in the right place and we knew that we were not in the right place and mm -hmm. that's and that's how culture works it's it's about having yeah. those personal identity traits and them being mm -hmm. in alignment and feeling that belonging um, yeah. in that team. Well, you know, and another good illustration is just family, right? You know, yeah. um, whether if someone comes from a healthy family or a dysfunctional family, they both have culture. Um, and a good instance is, is we had a, um, we adopted a, a, um, a young lady or later on in her life. Mm -hmm. And one of the struggles that, that you know, she's had to really, um, deal with coming into our, our, our home um, in her late teens, early twenties is that she didn't, she wasn't raised in our home, you know? Mm. Um, so when we do family get togethers and other things, she's still trying to acclimate herself to our home because right. she didn't have 15, 20 years of growing up in, in the Crawford home. So families yeah. have their own culture. And, and I think another one is memories um, um, and shared experiences. We talked earlier about one of the things yeah. that, we've done to really create company culture here and you have to create it by the way if you want your values to be lived out again you can't just have it on a piece of paper and you right. can't just have it on the wall and you can't talk about it every now and then you really have to invest in it and one of the things that we do is we do what's called a pay to play day right now we do it three times a year one in the winter like february-ish when mm -hmm. when our crew's a little smaller we just did one on friday um, and we'll do another one on, uh, in September. And then we do our company party in one evening, um, yeah, in, in cool. December. So we have four main get gatherings, but the pay to play days, we take a, a, a paid day off. We always do them on Friday, um, mm -hmm. that way they can have a long weekend, but we actually pay the yeah. hourly guys and salary guys get their salary, but hourly guys get paid to come and we do some type of event during the day. And then we invite all the, the spouses and, and children and families to come that night and we cater it. It costs them nothing and they still get their paycheck. Yeah, and that's fun. It costs us, I mean, one guy this this week, this, this year finally said, this must cost you guys a lot of money. It's like, yeah, it does. But in comparison to our overall revenue, no, it's 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 not that much. But right. what it does for us, I can't tell you, Tor Torlando, 
how many spouses came up to me on mm-hmm. Friday and said, I, I we have one guy, one of the only two guys that are on staff right now who's worked for years in the paint industry. Okay. Yeah. Um, his wife said to us basically that my husband has never been so happy at work. And he's oh. been in the paint industry for over two decades. Wow. He goes, he comes home a different man, a oh. different man. I can't tell you as an employer how encouraging that is for me because guess what the likelihood of that man sticking around is like tenfold right especially when you hear that from the spouses yeah that's a key i mean a lot of people don't talk about that but one of the things that sometimes we'll we'll do especially with a key hire like not just a, a painter but maybe a salesperson or a manager kim and i my wife and i will take their spouse out to dinner before we hire them together Mm. as a Mm -hmm. double date Mm -hmm. yeah because first of all i like to see how they interact as a spouse but second of all, if you get the spouse on board, say that say the potential employee is a little unsure about whether he should, you know, take this big step. If you yeah. get the spouse on board, they're in. They're yeah, in. for sure. So for sure, if they see value in their spouse coming to work for Final Touch Painting. They'll they'll put that gentle pressure encouragement that they need sometimes to just take that 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 next step. It's a little risky changing employers, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, especially a a married um, or coupled uh, employee, they go home and they and they talk about work. They they unpack it with their spouse Uh, for better or for worse. It's happening. And that that spouse knows, you know, right away if they've had a good day or a bad day. And it and it impacts the entire night. And I think that, you know, like sometimes business owners forget or have never known what it's like to be an employee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I was running, I ran my company for a long time, had never been a true employee. You know, I had a couple like part-time jobs and everything. And, uh, and I took this opportunity for a couple of years in, in software, which is, you know, how you and I met. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I was at two different companies, two different software companies. And, um, you know, there were a lot of positive qualities about it. There are a lot of things that I was grateful for. Uh, but in each instance, um, I was just, I was just taken aback by how heavy the job weighed on me after hours, how the interactions mm-hmm. with my team members, you know, some of the, you know, some of the interactions with my leaders that just weren't gelling and, and how, how much of a burden my partner was, carrying because of the conflict that I was experiencing. And it's, uh, you don't, I don't think that you really always think about that or remember that Mm -hmm. as an employer, at least I know that I didn't. I mean, I literally started calling past employees and apologizing Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I was just like, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and I'm really sorry. (laughs) One of the things we're, we're at in our stage of our company is really beginning to develop that leadership and management, um, philosophy, principles, or so forth. Uh, but one of them that I know that, that we have, that we've talked about a lot, it's kind of like co- company, the, the company values, right? But how are we going to lead and manage? Yeah. Is that what we talked about earlier, prof- per- personal and professional. Our right. personal lives impact our professional lives. Our professional lives impact our personal lives. And there are days where, where a young man or, or one will come to work and they're just off, right? They're, they're just responding yeah. or they're tired. And sometimes we, we just encourage our foreman or our, the manager of, of the direct, hey, 
maybe ask them, hey, is there, is there something in the, your personal life that you want to talk about? Um, you know, one of the things we do is we do a lot of one-on-one. So we meet with every employee gets a one-on-one um, uh, every two weeks where mm-hmm. they meet with whoever they report directly to. Uh, they get a half an hour of first 15 minutes is just shooting the breeze, what's going on. And then the, the, the second half an hour or the second 15 minutes is more like coaching and development. Um, yeah. And sometimes that comes out there, but sometimes it's just, you know, between those times or something that happens. So I think that's a big thing to re- recognize that, yeah, these, these people are, I mean, they have a life outside of work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And they're, and they're more than their work and they, and you, mm-hmm. and you have to value that. So yeah. I think that maintaining, you know, so, so I think that the, the values that you, that you embody they're they are like bat signals to mm-hmm. workers, right? It's like the, if they, if, if they're Batman, then they're going to say, oh yeah, I got to show up. But if they're yeah. a criminal, they're like, no way I'm out of here. Yeah. So those, yeah. those values are like a bat signal and maintaining that culture. What you're saying is, is coming down to a consistent commitment to upholding those values. But yeah. this last piece here is really about that personal one-on-one mentoring. Uh, how important is mentoring in maintaining the culture and values of your company? Well, it's huge. Um, I was mentored by five different men through high school, college, and grad school. And when I was in my you know, mid to late 20s, I was light years ahead, even though I had a, a, a you know, a postgraduate degree, um, education only does so much for you. Mm. those those five interactions each one lasting for a year to two years was just huge and, and mostly it, it impacted my personal life again that helped me professionally move on and go to another level so part of it's just ingrained in in my experience and who i've become as a person yeah. but we we said you know really our passion what everyone you know you talked earlier about purpose um you know, in life. And, and when you just go on vacation, no, no one functions very well when life becomes all about you. And it's just, right. you know, you know, I can wake up anytime I want every day for, for months on end. Um, so we do need a purpose. And I think that the mentoring was, was a big, is a big help in that process. And we say, look, what we're really passionate about a company is not really painting. That's a dirty little secret. I don't even like to paint anymore. Of course I did for so many years. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but why do I come to work? Um, it's because we, we've said it in one couple of simple words, we have a passion to develop people. Mm. We want to, pe- we, we tell new employees, Hey, we don't know if you'll be with us for a month, a year, 10 years, but when you leave final touch painting, I want you to look back and say, those were some of the best days, months, or years of my life. And for instance, just at the company party, we, we invited alumni to come back first time. Um, mm-hmm. and we had a young man that worked for us just last summer. He only lasted three months. Oh, wow. Partly because he was, he was going through depression. He was on antidepressants and mm-hmm. that medication did not allow him. He was a great young man, but he, he could not do the work. He just mentally, it was creating a barricade in his mm-hmm. mind to be able to attach mentally what I need to do with physically what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Great young man, which, you know what? My, my, I have um, a dear family member who struggles with some of that. Uh, she yeah. has Lyme disease. Mm. And one of the symptoms of Lyme was in the past has been depression. We've, we've worked, you know, pretty intensely with her over the last couple of years for health. And she's out of that phase. Yeah. But um, I talked to this young man. I said, hey, 
I actually met with his dad. My wife and I met with his dad to talk about maybe some health issues. Said, maybe mm. I wonder if this depression is related to something else. All that to say, a year later, he comes to our, our alumni. He looks like a different person mm. in a very good, positive yeah. way. Yeah. He goes, Eric, I'm off all my antidepressants. I'm, I'm, I work out every day. I get eight hours of sleep every day. I'm eating well. He goes, I'm in, he's in a program to do um, uh, cybersecurity. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's, he's held down a job for the last six to nine months at a, at a local store. And he's just excited about life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And all that because we, we wanted to, to, if we could, and he allowed us to, he allowed us to speak into his personal life. Right. Yeah. Because we were seeing it was impacting his professional life and said, Hey, is, is there anything we can do about it? And he opened the door for us. So, you know, good for him, right? Not yeah, everybody right. is willing to kind of open that door. It, it takes a two way street, right? Mentorship has to be desired, you know, and asked for. So for him, it, it played out really well. Again, we only got to know him for three months. Yeah. But you know what? He's a far better person because our paths crossed for a very short amount of time. Oh, that's so, that's so good. That's so interesting. You bring, you invite alumni uh, mm -hmm. to these parties. That is so cool. Well, um, as you know, I mean, we have a lot of seasonal workers, right? We have, we have sure. men and women who, you know, work for us every summer during high school and college. They may be with us four or five years, but then they're going on to another career. That's They've right. been some great assets for us. They have some great stories. They tell other people, especially if their family still live in the Columbus area, right? They have lots of networks. I mean, we've built a really great reputation because I've hired probably over 200 people in the last, you know, 12 years. Yeah. Um, and a number of those have been seasonal moving on to other things. So, right, 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 right. No, that makes total sense. And, and, you know, there, that's very true. I was, I had a conversation a couple months ago with a guy that I had painted with uh, back when I was employed for another company, like one of my first companies. And, and we painted together one summer. And uh, after that summer, he went on to, to law school and became a lawyer. And uh, you know, he wanted to make money, I guess, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, go figure. And but when I was talking to him, he was like, oh, man, it is so good to hear from you. I I have mm. so many fond memories of that exactly. summer yeah. painting with yeah. you guys. It was the funnest I've ever had mm -hmm. at work. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because he went straight into law school and then and then has been working for law firms. And that, you know, I'm sure that's fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's some days he wishes he could be back on the paintbrush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, and so, not many of us wish to be in his shoes. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think at one point he was like, you know, I don't really like other lawyers. <laughs> like, well, they, you know, they're, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they, there's a purpose. They have, they have yeah. meaning in this life. They, we need them. Um, but, you know, just that, that just goes to show that like, if you create a, a culture and, and a, a, a company values that people attached to and they mm -hmm. and it helps them feel valued and it and if they can just do nothing more than look back at fond memories mm -hmm. um you know inter interacting with your company engaging with your company then in a lot of ways you you have you have done your job you have fulfilled your mission for that person to get them from 
you know, from where they are today to, to, yeah. to the next level. And the reality is they may not, and they probably won't be with your company yeah. forever. Um, and in today's job market, you can really only expect about three to five years uh, max. And so yeah. I think if our mentality is really, let's just have impact while these folks are here, mm-hmm. let's maintain the culture while we're here. Um, I think that that ultimately will lend, lend itself for you having yeah. a better life and a more fulfilled life. Well, we talked about this earlier, right? That, that you know, I mean, we have some subcontractors, um, about um, 25% of our actual painters are subs, 75% are W-2s. And we just don't have the same relationship with them. They don't come to our company parties. We try to do some things with them. Like sure. we'll take their, din- their, their um, our project manager overseas and we'll take them out, their, invite their families to dinner or something like that. But all that to say, I think that's one of the real benefits um, of having employees versus having mostly subcontractors is there is a level of investing in them that isn't possible with a subcontractor crew. And we all talk about it's so hard to find good people. Right. What are you doing to invite good people into your company or in some cases make a decent person into a great person? You yeah. know, um, right. You know, maybe people aren't attracted to the paint industry because it's just like like this one painter who worked for the last two decades for other painters. They just they they overwork them. They yell mm-hmm. at them. They're not appreciative of them. All the only thing he got out of it was a paycheck. Yeah, right. And, and if that's the only thing that someone gets out of working for us, that's a that's an epic fail. An epic yeah. fail. Yeah. And well, I might not I... even add this. It's it's irresponsible. As, well, as they're all, that, that paint company owner or company itself mm-hmm. is only adding to the problems that everyone is saying we're having. What yeah. are you going to do about it? You've you yeah. got to add a, if you're, if you're not impacting people, at least in some positive way, other than just a paycheck, then are you really helping our industry as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. I, I do think that irresponsible is the word. I think that's mm-hmm. the right word. And, and the reason that I do is because, especially with subs. Now, look, I, I like what you're doing because the, the reality is, is that with seasonal demand, you, you have to, you have to take care of, you, you just have mm-hmm. to serve the customer in some way, but having 75% of your workforce W2, giving them more than a paycheck, giving them a home, giving them the, 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 the needs, the basic needs that they have with, with healthcare and with uh, covering workers comp, you know, some, a lot of times subcontractors, mm-hmm. uh, they're just, they're just not able to do uh, to, to cover all their bases and check all their boxes. And, yeah. and, and sometimes they're, you know, they're paying their people 1099 mm-hmm. and you just, you turn a blind eye because you're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm paying the guy and he's got to take care of his affairs. But if there are compliance issues, ultimately that will come back on you. That's the risk of it. But the fact that money is not the only motivator, money is not the only reason that people work. Money is not the only reason people live. Money is just a tool that helps them live. Uh, but if that becomes the goal in their life, I, I, I liken it to uh, being in a horse race where you are constantly cracking the whip over and over and over and money is your whip and you're saying, chase the money, chase the money, chase the money. Yep. And the more that you crack that whip, you start damaging yep. that horse's hip and then before, before long, they're out of commission. 
Yeah. The other guy who's been in the paint industry for a while, his name is Robert. He came to us at the beginning of last year, um, not even in a leadership position, just as a painter, because he was getting overworked. Um, he, his children are getting older. They're, you know, pre-teens, you know, that, that 12, 11, 12, 13 year. And mm -hmm. he wanted to be a more part of their life, but he couldn't because he was working some nights and weekends and extended hours. And mm -hmm. he came and took a pay cut. Mm. he took a pay cut to work for us because we don't, we don't work 60 hours a week. We, right. we ask, we say 40 hours and give us your best 40 hours. So yeah. over the course of a year, he couldn't make as much, but guess what? We had a project manager um, that had to move back to Arizona because of some, some family issues because he had some years of experience. He mm -hmm. filled that position. He's been great. And he has just mm. done a, a super job. He has now quite a bit of opportunity to move up his income. Um, yeah from where it was when he first started with us. And, uh, but he was willing to take a risk because he heard things about us from other painters in the community. And he said, mm -hmm. you know what, I can't keep this up. But at that point in time, he'd been in the paint industry for you know, 15, 20 years. What other skills can, it's, you know, it's very hard right. for those guys to go find another job sure. when they've been in the paint industry for as yeah. long as he was. So that's your, that's your trade, that's your craft, that's yep. what you know, yeah. Yep, and he's been a Wonderful. great asset, great yeah. asset, so. Wonderful. Eric, this has been uh, a phenomenal conversation. I am so grateful to you for being on the show. Um, if people want to know a little bit about uh, your company, and 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 I, it, we do have we do have listeners who uh, who are not business owners, you know, who who are uh, you know painters, career painters, and and looking for opportunity. If uh, if they want to learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing at Final Touch, where should we send them? Yeah, uh, two places: our website. Um, www.f for final t for touch paint.com or you know even email me directly uh eric e-r-i-c at ftpaint.com but uh yeah if there's anything that i can help uh encourage somebody with yeah reach out to me and I'd be happy to see what i can do to encourage you awesome thank you for being on the show eric oh pleasure thanks orlando all right, there we have it, folks. Eric with Final Touch Painting, uh, phenomenal conversation. Um, what a, what an amazing leader! Uh, you know, I, I I aspire to 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 people like this, um, and uh, and it just makes me it makes me proud that our industry does have people of this caliber. And you can be that. You know, it it takes an intentionality. It takes uh, you know personal development. Before the call, Eric talked about uh, getting coaches for himself and and you know just working on him as, himself as a leader and then bringing that into the company. What a phenomenal conversation. Um, he mentioned uh, he mentioned a book EOS. I gotta tell you, um, you do need an operating system for your business. Um, that is one, okay? A lot of people love it. But I'm just going to go ahead and, and pitch, uh, you know, I've got my own version. OK, this is this is the this is kind of my EOS. This is the, I'll call it the Sprint OS. It's a my book is Sprint. It's a it's a it's a scrum playbook for paint trade and craftsman professionals it's available on hardback and paperback. It's also available on Kindle. You can go to Amazon. And this is a book that teaches you how to organize your team, manage your schedule and maintain healthy cash flow. In my mind, those three things, you could do those things, marketing kind of tends to take care of itself. 
Anyways, this has uh, been a great episode of Pain Ed. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the PCA for producing the show. Until next time, until next time, my name is Torlando, and this has been Paint Ed. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.